Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Chapter number two, and I'd like to start reading at verse number 39, Luke chapter two, reading at verse number 39. The word's good. The word's good. It'll make a difference in our life. We'll just yield ourselves to it. You know, if you don't know how to smile, folks, if you do, just notify your face. It just makes a whole lot of difference. I like happy people. I don't know about you. But happy people are the kind of people who make the girl world go smooth. These folks that look like they've been baptized in pickle juice are really tough to be around. Little boy was walking down this fence at his farm, and there was an old mule had her head hung over the fence. He walked up and scratched that mule behind the ears, and he said, I know how you feel. Grandma's got religion too. So I hope that's not the case around here. I just hope you have something burning deep down inside your heart. Luke chapter 2, reading verse 39 through verse 34, and it reads like this. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother knew it not. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, notice that, supposing him to have been in the company, when a day's journey And they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintances. They supposed him to be in the company. Let me preach to you today in all the wrong places. In all the wrong places. In all the wrong places. We need God. We need him desperately in our life. But sometimes we're looking in all wrong places. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Sweet Jesus, I need your anointing and I need your power. And I want you not just to speak to our ears, but speak to our heart. Let the word of God, Lord, penetrate us today. Because we're living now, God, in a day that we need you more than we need anything. Help us abide, God, in the center of your will. And I praise you, God, that you're powerful that you're kind and that you're true. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. God bless you. In the second chapter of the book of Luke, as you read your Bible, you will read about the birth of Jesus Christ. What a tremendous birth that was. It wasn't really like every other birth in the world. This one was very special. 
Because we realized that this child was born of a virgin that had never known a man. It was born not in a classy hospital, was not born in a beautiful motel room, but according to the Word of God, was born in a stable, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laying in a manger. Isn't that amazing that the king of the world would come through the back door of his own world to bring salvation to the front door of society? There's just something about God. He amazes me how he works. One writer wrote, God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps on every sea and drives out every storm. There's just something about the way that God works. So as you read this passage of Scripture, you'll read about the birth of Jesus Christ how he was born, and you'll find out that after he was born, there were certain things that took place. On the eighth day, he was circumcised according to the word of God. And after the time of purification, they returned back to the temple of God in Jerusalem. When they went to the temple of God in Jerusalem, there was an old man named Ananias. Ananias, he was standing there waiting for a long time. The Bible said he was waiting on the consolation of the Lord. He knew something special was going to happen. So he felt like as the Spirit of God began to talk to him that the Spirit led him to the house of God. You'll never go wrong coming to the house of God. Never in your life. So this man made his way to the house of God. When he got there, he saw this young couple walk in and this babe that was wrapped up that they had brought to present to the Lord according to the custom of the Jews. For every male child was to be presented to the Lord. So they brought this child, and when he walked over, he felt the unction of the Holy Ghost. And he realized that this was no normal child that was brought to the house of God, but this was the Lord incarnate. There was something about this child that got this man. He picked that baby up in his arms and began to bless the Lord. And he said, now I can depart this life. I found what I've been looking for. I found what I've been longing for. I found what I've been waiting on. Praise God. And I can glorify God now. Now I can depart. When I lay my head down and press that dying pillow, I don't have to worry anymore because I have seen the consolation of the Lord. Friend, when you get God in your presence, it's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to turn you loose, upside down, wrong side out, and it'll make a difference every day. So this man said, I can go now. Everything's fine. As they went on through the house of God, there was a prophetess there according to the word of God, and her name was Anna. And she realized then that this was a very special day. The king is not coming. He's already come. He's standing right here in the midst of us, wrapped in baby clothes and I thank God friend when you get into the presence of the God of heaven you don't have to scratch your head and say what in the world am I feeling you can feel the unction of God I'll never forget the revival I went in several years ago I was going to sneak the preacher's boy out and we was going to the drive-in I said why don't we sneak out and go to the drive-in he said I can't brother Willis he didn't have the Holy Ghost he said I can't go we're in revival he said why don't you just come to revival I didn't want nothing to do with God I didn't want nothing to do with the church but when I went in that service that night folks there was something got a hold of me something got a hold of my heart my soul and my mind and I knew I was in the presence of all
almighty God. I looked at the preacher's son and I said, what's the matter with me? I said, my legs are jumping up and down. There's something moving in my heart. He said, if you ever feel that again, you need to go to the altar. That's the Holy Ghost trying to get a hold of you. God's moving in your life. Next night I went to that church and I went to that altar and I got baptized in Jesus' name. Three nights later I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it absolutely changed my life. There was a difference in me. I said there was a difference in me. There were some tremendous things took place that day there in that temple of God. Tremendous things. Anna and Simeon had felt something of the Lord and God had met with them there. But it was 12 years later that the Jews had got together for there was going to be the Passover celebration. For 12 long years, Mary and Joseph raised that child. He put with him in the carpenter's shop, no doubt. And Joseph taught him the skills that he could to 12 years old. Come here, son. I want to teach you some things you need to know. And so according to the word of God, that's why he was called the son of a carpenter. Because his dad taught him what? You don't read much about Joseph after a while. But at this time, Mary and Joseph was together. And so they were going to Jerusalem. They are going to pay their taxes. When they got to the house of God, there was something that attracted that young man to the church house. The company went together. All the families went together. It was a family pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover. When they got there, they went through all the rituals of the Passover. They had a tremendous time, no doubt. They had ruffled the hair of this young man for 12 long years they'd watched him grow up from just a little child they had diapered him when he was small but now he was walking around talking now he was learning he was asking this young man that said to him what's this dad said well that's a that's a saw what's this dad and he learned all of those things he was a very educated young man but there was something down inside of him that people didn't realize he was not just a man he was God manifest in the flesh he was Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. So something drew him to the house of God. While others wanted to go down to the fanfare of the city, while others was attracted to the amusements of the world, he was drawn to the house of God. His family said, listen, son, just do what you want to do here in this city. Where did he go? He went to the house of God. No wonder David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. When you get God on the inside and get his power on the inside and get his anointing on the inside. You want to be in the house of God. This is a place where God's people dwell. That's where I want to be. So they spent several days there in the city of Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. Several days doing the things that they did on Passover. They no doubt ate the Passover lamb and went through all the rituals that they needed to go through. But when it came time to leave, everybody got together. They were so used to Jesus being around. May I say to you today, don't get so used for Jesus being around your life that you forget where he is. You need to find him every day. You need to get to an old-fashioned altar of prayer and renew your covenant with God on a daily basis you need to let God bless your soul daily you need to come to the house of God you don't need to miss church you need to walk in the house of God and begin to praise him on a daily basis Mary and Joseph was used to having him around you might get so used to having God around that you think oh well I don't need him today but friend you need him every day you need him every hour there's not a day goes by that you don't need the power of God you say preacher I'm a grandpa I don't care if you're a grandpa or a grandma or a great grandpa or a great grandma you need God in your life you need to know where he is you need to know how you stand you need to know how you're living you need to know how you're walking how you're talking how you're serving God you need to know that every day 
every day. So when all the Passover festivities was over, everything was all said and done. Mary and Joseph and the family packed up and they were going to head back home. They said, we'll just go on back home like we were when we came. Everything's going to be all fight. But you see, they got so used to having the Lord around. They didn't look for him. They didn't search for him. They felt like he was with the company, the Bible said. They thought maybe he'd join one of the other wagons or one of the ox carts or whatever it was they were traveling in. They just, just supposed, according to the word of God, that he was with them. Folks, I want to ask you, do you know for sure that God's in your heart? Or are you just supposing that God's with you? You say, preacher, I, I was raised in a Bible-believing church. That's good. I sang in the choir. That's good. But do you know that down inside of your heart, you have a born-again experience that's going to take you back when Jesus comes? They were marching out of Jerusalem. It's according to the word of God. They were gone one day's journey away from Jerusalem. And Mary said, has anybody seen Jesus? She was supposing that he was there. I don't ever want to stand before God on the day of heaven and say here to God, God, I suppose you was in my heart. I spoke in tongues one time. I went to church one time. I don't want to suppose he's there. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. We need an old-fashioned, no-soul religion. We need something burning down inside of our soul. We need to get back to the shout. We need to get back to the worship. We need to get back to the praise. Get back to the anointing. Get back to the glory of God and know in our heart that Jesus is right there. Some folks have had him in their life and they've got so used to being him around, having him around, but now they're going places everywhere. You see, they've lost that touch of God. They can't feel that joy burning down inside their heart anymore. So they said, well, maybe I need to go over here to find that joy again. Maybe I need to go out there to the things of life and find that joy again. There are churches that are dead, dried up in their roots, friend, and they're trying to search for God because they've lost him somewhere. They supposed he was right there, but he's not there anymore. I don't want to come to church and go through a ritual. I don't want to come to church and go through a dead, dry service. I don't want to come to church and not feel the presence of the almighty God. I want to come to church and know my God's there. I don't want to have to search for him. I want to taste and see that the Lord, he is God. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the glory of God's burning in my soul. Hey, where's Jesus at? Have you seen Jesus? Sir, I suppose he was with the family, but you know what? He wasn't with the family. Maybe he's with grandma and grandpa. He wasn't with grandma and grandpa. Maybe he was with brother and sis. No, he wasn't with brother and sis. Then where in the world can he be? Are you looking for him? If you're looking for him, the only place you're going to find him is in the temple. The best place to go is go back to the house of God. Hey, you know that, sis. There's something about going into the house of God that when you get in the presence of Almighty God, you know Jesus is there. What's making these cold chills run up my spine? What is it moving down inside of my soul? What is it that's firing me up on the inside? It's the power and the promise of the Almighty God. Have you seen the Lord anywhere? We have not seen him. We thought he was here. The Bible said in the last days when the trump of God sounds, there'll be people stand before the Lord 
And they'll say, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. We prayed for the sick in your name. The sick had been healed in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. Why? Because they supposed God was in their life. Just because God performed a miracle. Just because God made a way where there was no way at all. But folks, it don't work like that. You've got to have a personal contact with God. A fire burning on the inside. My God, you've got to have something real and genuine flowing down inside of your soul. Where can he be? Where can he be? Let's go look for him. No, he's not at the bar. You ain't going to find him at the bar. Not going to find him at the dance hall. Not going to find him in the worldly amusements. You're not going to find him in a brown bottle. You're not going to find him in a hit of acid. You're not going to find him in in, in any drug. You're not going to find him there because that's not where he is. you got to go to the house of God. When Mary and Joseph looked around, they looked everywhere. I said they looked everywhere. Where's he at? Search the wagon. Somebody turn it upside down. Folks, I'm telling you, you're going to look in this world, but you're never going to find him someplace where he's not at. He doesn't dwell out there in the sinful places of the world, but you get in the house of God where the glory of God comes down and the power of God begins to fall. You're going to find the power. You're going to find the anointing. You're going to find the love. You're going to find the glory of God. It's in God's house. Lift your hands and praise the Lord, but you do that. It's in God's house. We need to do more than just suppose. We need to do more than just suppose. Ha, huh. you can drive your car for years and years and years, and you suppose those brakes are going to work every time you hit them. But they do wear out, you know. You're so used to them being there when you hit the pedal. My daughter-in-law pulled in the, in the drive here just a few weeks ago in her car. She got out of her car, and all of a sudden, bang, the thing hit the ground. The, the ball joint busted on her. She supposed it would work, but it didn't work at all. We got to realize, friend, Jesus is around, but he's not some of the places you've been looking. He's not in the world. He's not there. He's not out there. Somebody said, well, I'll, I'll just have a good time. I'll get my friends and we'll go party. He's not at the party. Where's he at? He's in the house of God. This is his dwelling place. What did he tell them in the Old Testament? He said, if you want to find me, he said, I'll be there between the two cherubim's wings, right above the mercy seat. We're at in the house of God. Oh, when I come to the house of God, I feel something I can't feel no place else. When I come to the house of God, there's something stirs me, moves me, touches me, feels me, thrills me, changes my life right here in the house of God. You know, you say that'll never happen to me. I'll never lose him. It happened to the very mother of Jesus. She lost track of him. She lost track of him. The very mother of God. The very woman that birthed him into this life. She lost track of him and had to go looking for him had to go searching for him. And the thing about it was, in the beginning, she searched in all the wrong places. He's not there. He's not there. Where in the world can he be? She was desperate. As a matter of fact, pandemonium had broke loose in her and Joseph's life. The Bible said she was mourning. She she felt like something awful had transpired. When you lose God in your life, something awful has transpired. When you can't feel him, something awful has transpired. 
when you can't feel the touch of the almighty God. Oh, I'm telling you, touch me, Lord, one more time by your spirit. Touch me, Lord, one more time by your power. Touch me, Lord, one more time. I don't want to go through this life without a touch of God. I want to feel him when I wake up in the morning. I want to feel him when I go to bed at night. I want to know he's with me. I want to know he walks with me, that he talks with me. He sings with me. He shouts with me. I want to know he's there all the time. Well, you're the very mother of Jesus and you've lost him? You've lost him? Where's he at? There was desperation in Mary because she knew she had to find him. Why are you wasting time? Why are you sitting there unconcerned if you can't feel God? Why are you sitting there saying, oh, well, Eventually, he'll come back around. It's not he'll come back around. He's wondering if you'll come back around. Wondering if you'll come back around. Joseph, we got to find this boy. Surely he's somewhere. And they looked desperately according to the word of God. And they could not find Jesus anywhere until they went to the house of God. Woo! There's something about God's house. There's something about a moving of His Spirit. There's something about the divine anointing of God. Oh, we've got to find Him. She had left Jesus behind and didn't even realize it. There are people that come to church and don't even realize their experience is so cold, so distant. They turned around and looking for Him. They couldn't find Him. Hmm. There was four days of agony because there was one day away when they realized they couldn't find him. They come back to Jerusalem and they searched Jerusalem for four, three days. Think about that. Can you imagine the pandemonium that took place in those parents' lives? You see, folks don't think it matters today. I don't think it matters if you need God in your life. Well, I'm a grandfather. This is grandparents. Damn, I'm a grandparent. I don't need God. I've got, listen, you do. You do. You need him desperately. If you're a father, if you're not a father, you need God in your life. Four days of agony. Four days of looking in all the wrong places. Because everywhere they looked, Jesus wasn't there. The world has built amusements all over this world, but Jesus isn't there. People are looking. If I can find a little thrill, but that little thrill just lasts about like that, and then it's gone. The writer said there's pleasures in sin, but it's just for a season. Hey, but God's an all-time God. Mm. Oh, my Lord. When I get up in the morning, I can feel him. Go to bed at night, I can feel him. If I climb on board of an airplane, I can feel him. Driving down the road, I can feel him. Climbing my motor home, he's there. It's just something about the presence of the Almighty God. And I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it. So what I do, I keep in contact with God. You wouldn't think the mother of Jesus would lose him, but she did. Four days they searched. Four days they looked. Four days they longed. Four days they mourned from what I read in the Word of God. But they suppose, you see, he had been in the company. And the Bible said, and it came to pass that after three days, 
that's three days after they got back to Jerusalem, they found him in the temple. Hmm. Isn't that strange? They found him in his house. Isn't that strange? No wonder David said, I was glad when he said to me. They found him in the temple. Sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. When they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. When you don't have God in your life, you live in a sorry life. Can I say that again? That sounds rude and crude, but it's true. You might have all the worldly things in this life that you have, that you need. You might have money, friend, by the bukus. You might live in a 25,000 square foot house. But if you don't have Jesus, you have a sorry life. Sorry life. Michael Jackson had it all, but he didn't have Jesus. Elvis Presley had it all, but he didn't have Jesus. The Hollywood stars have got it all, but they don't have Jesus. And friend, they're trying everything to find him. They're trying sorcery. They're trying personal witches. They're trying everything. And they, they're looking in the wrong places. They need to walk in an apostolic church just like this one. And hear a Bible preacher preach the Word of God. That's what they need. That's what they need. Son, why have you done this to us? Here we are searching and looking and longing and sorrowing because without you our life is miserable. Without you our life is wretched. Without you our life is in vain. Without you we can't get anything done that needs to be done. And he said to them, how is it you sought me? How is it you sought me? Well, we looked here, but I wasn't there. We looked over here, but I wasn't there. And now they didn't, but maybe we went down to Joe's bar, and he wasn't there. Oh, my, we went to the place of amusements, and he wasn't there. But when we walked in the house of God, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm, when you walk in the church house, when you walk in a Bible-believing church, you walk where preachers preach it right and live it right and walk right and spit white. You come into a place like that. They believe in one Lord, one God, and one wife. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. You walk into a Bible-believing church, and I'm going to tell you something, your goosebumps will get goosebumps. The glory of God will fill the house. Grandma might be sitting there for a minute, but you watch her when she feels the anointing. Them feet will start moving. Praise God. She might not be able to jump high, but I'll guarantee you she'll bump a little bit. There's just something about it. When you get to the house of God, it'll make a difference in your life. Listen, you're looking in the wrong places if you're not looking in the house of God for the King of kings and the Lord of all. My parents were not Christians. Matter of fact, 
I don't ever remember my daddy going to church. Never. My mother came to church one time, came to my house to visit me. After service one night, she came to me and said, I want to be baptized. And I said, Mom, that's fine. And I'm willing to baptize you. But baptism is not just the act of getting wet. Mom, have you repented of your sins? Are you willing to lay the world down? If you are, I want, I want to baptize you in Jesus' name. And she looked at me and said, I'm not ready yet. And my mom died lost and undone without God. I often look back at that day and I thought, you know, maybe I should have baptized her. But they always told me you didn't bury a man until he was dead. Didn't bury him till he's dead. My dad was a good man. Treated his neighbor right. Was willing to do anything for anybody that had any needs. But my dad looked for good God in the wrong places. Never did find him. Never did find him. My father wouldn't even have had a preacher at his funeral if I would have not been in the ministry. Because he didn't want a preacher there. But you see, he was looking in the wrong places. You can look at the stadiums with the 44,000 people on Sunday morning when the preacher's standing up there telling good news stories. But you're looking in the wrong place. Hmm. I said, you're looking in the wrong place. For the largest church at the birth was only 120 people in an upper room. Oh, my God. And they were praising the Lord. And the fire came down. They found the right place. Tonight, folks, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, if you've never repented of your sins, if you don't know who Jesus is, I'm telling you, you've come to the right place today to find him because the healer is in the house. The Savior is in the house. The Deliverer is in the house. The King of Kings is in the house. Salvation is in the house. Because this is where he's at. He dwells in the praises of his people. And there's praise in this house. And the glory of God is here right now for anybody that wants to live for God. Anybody. I'm getting ready to close. I want you to understand Jesus loves you. But if you haven't found him yet, it's because you're looking in the wrong places. It'd be a good day on this grandparents' day to just say, Lord, I need you. You see, many of us are closer to the grave than we are the birth. Matter of fact, many of us are in the twilight years of our life. And if we haven't found Jesus yet, what are you waiting on? As musicians come, if you haven't found the Lord, I don't know what you're going to do without Him. I don't know where you're going to go without the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's in this place right now. You might not know what it is you're feeling. You might not know what it is that's making your soul hunger. But it's God seeking you. It's God looking for you. He loves you. 
and He wants to fill you with His divine presence and power. Why don't you come seeking Him? Why don't you come seeking Him and say, Preacher, this is a grandparents' weekend that I'm just going to worship God. And you can be born again and be cleaner than a brand newborn baby because Jesus is in this house. Son, why did you do this? He said, Mom, don't you know I must be about my father's business? And my father's business is you that are sitting right here today. That's why the 39 stripes were laid on his back. That's why they beat him until his visage was marred more than any man. That's why they pierced his side and drove nails in his hands and feet and put a mock brow crown on him, on his brow, and pierced his flesh because he was about his father's business. He came to seek for you. And I'm telling you, don't wait. Don't wait. You've been looking in all the wrong places now. And you're at the right place today. Right here in Mount Carmel, Illinois, God brought you to this house. You're not here by chance. You're here because God brought you here. You see, He let you live through the night and give you breath to breathe. And He gave you strength to get up and get ready for church. So you could come today to the right place at the right time and seek Him because Jesus is here right now. Would you stand with me, please? Oh, you've been looking, but you're so dissatisfied because you've been looking in the wrong places. If you don't know Him, it'd be a good time right now. Step out of that seat. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to feel bad. When Mary walked in the temple and found him, she was beyond herself. She was beyond herself. Because now the mourning was going to stop. Now the grief was going to leave because she knew that she had found him. When you find him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, tell you what, your life is going to change. Why don't you come? Say, preacher, I don't need the Lord. I don't know of anybody that doesn't need Him. And now He's appealing to you. Please come. As Brother McGee comes, yield yourself to the Lord today. And say, God, I want to know you. The power of your resurrection. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.